You're listening to the Finding Your Freestyle podcast with Tracy Kafer. Episode 2, Meditation with Dr. Jess Linick. Hello everyone, my name is Tracy Kafer and welcome to the second episode of the Finding Your Freestyle podcast. We had our first episode with Kieli Torini, which is the chef of our retreats. And today we actually have another retreat facilitator, Dr. Jess Linick, one of my dearest friends. Welcome, Dr. Linick. Hi. It's kind of odd calling her Dr. Linick, even though <laughs> that's legit what she is. Um, but today we're actually going to be talking about meditation and mindfulness. So if you're new to the podcast, Finding Your Freestyle is a movement movement. Um, based on freestyle, improvisation, and intuitive practices. And I really wanted to bring, you know, some, some new subjects to that same flavor. And so today we are actually going to be talking about what meditation is, what it's become for us, what it, what it has become for Jess, and we might even talk a little bit about self-care. Um, but let's have Jess just give us a little bit about what is your background um, what did you study? What led you to meditation as a daily practice? And sort of take us through that. Sure, you sure. Not to start at birth, but I will not start to, at birth. Feel free to start wherever <laughs> you like. Um, I think probably easiest to start. Um, so I'm a psychologist by training. I have a full time job um, as a lead psychologist um, in New York City, and um, I started meditating. At the very beginning of graduate school, uh, I was doing a lot of work with mindfulness with the population that I was working with. And you can't do that work if you don't do it yourself. Mm. And I also quickly found that this was a way for me to take care of myself as I was working with the population that I was. So that grew and grew and grew. And the more that you meditate, the more exposure you get to different types of meditation practices. Um, and as you alluded to in the beginning, you find what works best yeah. for you because I think there's a, a misnomer that you have to do only one type of meditation. That's the only way to do it. And there are so many different ways and I've done so many of them that my current meditation practice is kind of a, an amalgam of lots of different things. Right, exactly. So um, I, as I said, have training. I'm a psychologist. I also study something called somatic experiencing, which is an embodied trauma release um, method and yoga uh, pretty extensively as well. Um, not sure what more to nice. say about oh, any good. of that. So great. And, <laughs> and Jess has actually been a part of... Um, we, we worked together on a little dance company called Pole Speak uh, a couple of years ago, and, it, you know, it may still become resurrected in the future. <laughs> you never know. Jess and I have worked on a few shows. We've done three shows with that and had a couple of years um, working with groups and um, expressing and exploring vulnerability with movement. Yeah. Um, we have then since done some retreats together, and she actually facilitates the meditation and mindfulness practices that we use at the retreats. And it's been really phenomenal as a facet to the whole experience. And what I found is that, you know, when people come to the retreat, I'd say half of them have some sort of meditation practice mm -hmm. or some minimal exposure to meditation. But many of them <clears throat> have never really done it or known much about it. And so I feel like we've been in group experiences where you have all these different levels of yeah. comfort. So uh, let's start actually with, I find it interesting some of the misdirected ideas that people think meditation is. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think are some of the biggest misdirections that causes someone to potentially hesitate to mm -hmm. meditate mm -hmm. or maybe even becomes fearful or judgmental about it. Oh man, I have so like so many things flying through my head right now. Probably the, f the first biggest thing that I hear people say, yeah. well, I hear them say so many things, but one is, um, I always do it wrong. And I, if you're listening to this, know that it's nearly impossible to do meditation wrong. Meditation is about being less than it is about doing. So if you feel like you're like, oh, I can't sit still for five minutes. I'm doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not about that. And we'll talk more about what it is, but know that it's not quite wrong. 
Um, and I'll add that yeah. the same goes for for improvisation, yeah. freestyle. Yeah. The same same thing. People come in and they they feel like they yeah they're in this incorrect space and it's like actually it's it's removing that contrast entirely yeah. of right and wrong. Yeah, and that's what I've loved so much about being part of FYF, coming from a dance background for my whole life where you have to do it right coming from strict ballet technique where Mm -hmm. your hands are here they're not here (laughs) it was so refreshing and wonderful to rediscover my love of dance through um through fyf classes really um and to be able to apply that same principle where there is no right or wrong it is what you what you feel right yeah <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and we're done with the podcast. That's it. <laughs> there's a deer like galloping oh, through my yard. Two deer. It's a buck. He's yeah, got it's horns. A buck. Yeah. Aww. I wish I could, you know, show, show you guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else? I mean, like Yeah. So, I mean, I've definitely I've definitely seen, you know, when people are are in a meditative experience or they're being facilitated through breath work yeah anxiety fear that kind of thing yeah what's going on all that stuff so you know we are busy people in the world and oftentimes in our culture we do lots of things to to stay busy and when we finally let our minds settle of course things are going to come up Mm -hmm. it's bound to happen and that's what's so beautiful about the practice is that you learn to sit with that stuff that comes up um the other thing about meditation that I'll just say that other people may disagree, but there is, there is nothing that says that you can't come out of it if it gets too overwhelming. That uh, the same goes for like when you're dancing and if you reach a point where something doesn't feel good, there's no rule that says you have to keep going. Right. So if you're in a meditation or you're in a breathwork session and you're in something and it just doesn't feel good, nothing says you have to stay. Um, you know, don't be kind of huff and puff and like scream at the teacher, but you know, you can sit there, you can leave the room, you can take the time that you need. Um, you can even to, pause in the experience. Yeah. Quite sure an exit is necessary. Yeah. Um, cause I've seen, I've seen that happen in, um, breathwork sessions where people are quite disruptive and everyone around them is, is clearly in it and someone is, um, making lots of disruptive noise. Um, but there's no, like, there's no, maybe that's the rule. Like don't disrupt other people. But, um, it's funny. I was just facilitating an intensive last weekend and we had quite a few teachers in the group and we were talking about this, this permission to be autonomous in a group experience. Mm -hmm. And many of the teachers, I felt that we were entering in this dialogue where they actually took the other standpoint, which is like, no matter what, keep moving, Mm -hmm. keep doing, don't stop. And what we landed on was like, sure, that might be true for some people, but that's not the be all answer all for every kind of person and what they're actually experiencing inside. So I think um, it's important that you bring that up, even though it's sort of a tangent that there's nothing that is forcing you ever to stay in those experiences. No. And the beautiful thing about all of these practices is that you, you learn so much about yourself within them and you will know over time whether or not it is safe enough for you to stay in something that's uncomfortable. Right. So like I was in an experience this morning taking a yoga class that where something came up and it was uncomfortable for me. And I had to ask myself, like, is this a place where I can stay or is this something that I have to check out of for a minute and my body was like no it's okay like you can stay through this and it was I it was uncomfortable but I stayed through it and it was okay whereas I've had other experiences where I've had to say like nope this is not this is not for me right now um and the the more you listen to yourself the better you get to know yourself I think we should talk about the self-inquiry and how we can use meditation to to cultivate that dialogue because I think I think that's quite difficult for many of us to yeah to feel like we can listen to that and actually hear answers Mm -hmm. um, and trust them. Mm -hmm. So just to backtrack, so I I liked (laughs) talking about, you know, what are some things that we come to the table with that aren't necessarily helping us start a meditation practice? Um, Let's talk about very, very loose definitions of meditation or what kinds of experiences qualify meditation. Yeah, yeah. 
This is a, a loaded topic, <laughs> I think, yes. if, you, if you speak to, you know, uh, people who only practice sitting meditation, for example, because that's a big, that's one of the other big things that I hear people say is, mm-hmm. I can't meditate, I can't sit still. Um, sitting meditation has a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful benefits, and I would recommend that people try it. Um, and the, the more you do it, the easier it gets. I will say that. Um, but do not be intimidated by thinking that you have to sit to meditate. And I think one of the best examples of that is movement meditation. Mm-hmm. I've had some of the most profound meditative experiences through movement, especially if you're already a mover. And that's not to say that, uh, or that it's only dance that qualifies, um, running, swimming, any creational activity Yeah, that's, that's yeah. focused on being in it. Yeah. And it's really, it's, and that's the word it's where you are more focused on being than you are on doing. Um, and I know I said that before, but I think that's a key to so many things in life is that if you can be through them rather than do through them, you're, you're in a much better place because you're conscious of what's going on around you and of what's inside you. Cause there's, you know, there's, so many different techniques in meditation that it's hard to say what is what. Um, You can focus on something inward, like you can focus on your breath, you can focus on your body. There's a whole slew of more somatic approaches to meditation, which if you haven't tried those, I would highly recommend. Um, But there's external focuses as well, focusing on things that are around you, awareness, um, repeating a mantra, listening to music, sound meditation is profoundly healing. and so there's all these different things um, that just invite you to, to be in them rather than actually have to do something. Yeah, to be in that perception. And I love that because in, in freestyle practice, and I'm going to keep looping back because yeah, it, it's, it's applicable, um, it, it really is important for us to engage internally, engage externally. And I love that she brought up the idea that we can do this in meditative practices as well. Mm-hmm. So what's your definition meditation. I knew you were going to ask me that, and I've been, I've been thinking about it over like the, for a long Have you time. Been kind of pushing, pushing this moment. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and this is the so, thing. We yeah. We're not writing law here. Yeah, no. Like, I what, think for me. What is a definition? What is a, you know, a definition, I think, is using a particular technique to achieve a particular state of being. Great. I will say. Love it. Um, And there's just, you know, and there's no like right or wrong state of being. I think I want to say that too, because people will say, oh, my meditation practice sucked today because I didn't get to my Zen state. Right. Or I didn't. So much expectation. So much expectation. And like, guys, if I told you how many times, if I like applied that law to my meditation practice, how many times it would suck. Like it would be every day parts of it would, would suck. Like there are times when I meditate for a half an hour and it's only the last five minutes where I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it's quote supposed to be like. Absolutely. Um, but that's the practice because in life, like nothing is ever just going to be easy like that, you know? Um, and it's learning how to ride through all of that to be aware of it because one of the, I think, profound gifts about meditation for me has been allowing me to explore parts of myself that I didn't know were there. And I mean, parts of myself that are, that are mine specific to my story and my, and my life and parts of myself, like things that I thought that I, things that I didn't know that I believed about the world and about Mm. how the world functions. Uh, cause your brain is this kind of vast unexplored territory of neurons and synapses and electrical impulses and things get wired there and you don't know that they're wired there until you realize that they are. And then once you figure it out, you do work to dismantle them. If it's not, if if it's something that is hindering you or some, someone around you, or if it's something that you realize is holding you back. Mm. Um, and you oftentimes you don't know until you give yourself that space to find it. And I do, I feel like in our Western landscape, where we live primarily and predominantly through doing activities, and we're rewarded for doing activities, there is in essence so much you can do when you go into this this yeah. being practice. Yeah, um, that can serve everything. It, it's it's not like an either or; they feed each other. Mm-hmm. So. 
going into this next question, if that's okay. Yeah. So we talked about what your definition of meditation is and sort of some of the things that we think meditation is not. If you had never meditated before, <laughs> so trying to put yourself in that perspective, um, you know, I, I think of the, the type of person that probably couldn't even ride an elevator without turning their phone on and, and, and looking at it. Mm-hmm. Constantly being in a cycle of needing to, I don't know, focus externally or be numbed out or all, mm-hmm. all of these things. What could be the most inviting, permissive thing that someone like that could do mm. to start? Just that's start. not going to be intimidating. That's not going to drive them away. Yeah. So one of my favorite activities, and this is actually a um, comes from my somatic training, is um, orientation. Great. And looking around. And so to use an example, uh, you know, we're New Yorkers. I ride the subway, much to my dismay, multiple <laughs> times a day with multiple types of characters. Um, and, you know, we don't often just take time to look around and see what's around us. And that can, you know, and there's, a, there's always a pull. Sometimes we can kind of blindly look at things and then we get lost in our thoughts and we... And we're, not really auto, and we're not really looking yeah. at things. But if you just take some time to actually look around um, and just notice what you notice about what you see. Um, and I'll credit, you know, uh, Peter Levine, um, the creator of Somatic Experiencing with that, uh, because I think that's that's been kind of a profound um, method for me that has that has worked. Uh, it really works, too, if you're if you are feeling anxious or upset or a little bit overwhelmed and are not really sure uh, what to do. If you just take some time and often people will say take deep breaths, but I like just looking around and like reminding myself of where I, where I am. Um, but if, med- if, if one definition of meditation is focus, mm. then focusing on the external can be a good place to start. That seems very accessible. Yeah. focus. I like that definition. I also like the definition of space. Yeah. You know, because to me personally, that's what resonates for me is mm-hmm. this a feeling of creating space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so shifting. Mm-hmm. So someone is taking time to look around. Mm-hmm. What about other senses? Could it be nice to take that into? Yeah. You could do it with any sense. Really. Yeah. Yeah. What and you taste, what you hear. Yep. And that's, um, you know, there, there are so many different techniques that use these, that, that use the five senses in that way. Um, and that's kind of a, that's a, you know, mindfulness practice is noticing what's happening for you in that moment in your five senses. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can name, you know, you can count them five things you hear, five things you smell, five things you, um, see, and then whatever all the other two senses feel. are like feel yeah, sure. thanks <laughs> this, is, this is actually the technique I use I have a lot of flying anxiety that's the most effective yeah. technique for me mm-hmm. to reduce the that pumping of stress hormone yeah Woo! it really and works so it's almost like uh, feels almost like this in very powerful settling that yeah. happens yeah so let's say we've, we've focused externally and we want to start to play with internal focus. Mm-hmm. I'm going practical right away. Yep. Um, and, and I think that when we're in FYF or doing events, this is mm-hmm. some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. I feel like we have such a limited language for sensing inside. Mm-hmm. Where shall we start? Oh, man. So two, two great places to start, I think. Um, well, you're, you know, your body is what you've got. So uh, <laughs> focusing on and there are so many different ways again there are so many different ways to focus on your body um and your breath Mm -hmm. so your breath I think is probably the easiest place to start because we all have it um and there's so many really easy ways to feel it whether you put your hands on your on your physical body on your chest or on your belly and just notice that in and out or you employ a breathwork technique like box breathing we've used many mm-hmm. times many and it's times. really it's really effective for bringing the focus to the breathing um, and then it kind of shuts off all the other stuff that goes on um, 
body scanning. So starting at the head or the toes and picking different body parts as you go up or go down um, to just focus on and notice what you notice about those body parts. Um, you can do imagery if you want, um, noticing water flowing down or up or um, so many different things. Any kind of visual Any kind color of, and yeah. light. Yep. Uh, it's really, you can get playful with it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As far as duration... Do you feel like it works best to start in short bursts? Yeah. I would. If you're really not sure, I would start two or three minutes. Right. At, at most, or even a minute. Like if, or if you're a per, you know, start wherever you want to start. If you feel like <laughs> you want to start at 10 seconds or 30 seconds, start at 10 or 30 seconds. And then work your way up. And before you know it, you'll be, you'll be where you are. Um, and if one day you're like, oh, I can only meditate for five minutes. Cool. I can only meditate for three minutes. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's a, it's a practice. So it's not gonna, you're not going to achieve meditation. Damn it. Where's my certificate? Damn it. You can't, sorry. (laughs) There's no certificate. Um, there's no, you know, there's, there's. And that, you know, that's what is the certificate? What is the reward? Let's talk about that because there are, oh, I mean, just knowing friends in my life who have adopted these practices in, or even my own life and how many incredible subtle things shift Mm -hmm. uh, and big things, big things shift. Yeah. So what are some benefits? You can start maybe with your own experience. Mm -hmm. I, you know. I won't get too scientific. So there's lots of literature now out if you are so interested in exploring. Um, You know, you can look up benefits of meditation and there's lots of studies that have been done with people who are long-term meditators or people who, you know, control groups and all this kind of stuff. Right. um, Because people are just starting to realize how important it is. But from a practical standpoint, I think one of the biggest benefits to meditation is the creation of space. And that space will carry over into other parts of your life. So not being as reactive in situations, taking time to think, catching yourself feeling something um, before you are able to even verbalize that this is a feeling that you're having. And all of those, you know, it gives you just more information about the experience that you have in day-to-day life and enables you to follow what what is right and true for you versus what you think is right or true for you or how you're just automatically functioning. just functioning yeah yep um beautiful so i mean that i mean i feel like that's you know there's mental health benefits of course people report lower incidence of depression and anxiety anxiety is a big thing that it helps with um that's i've seen so yeah, much there's of, uh, um, you know, mindfulness-based stress reduction is a is a wonderful protocol if you're looking for um, something more formulaic that will help you. Right. Um, you know, you you name it, meditation helps. It's pretty limitless. In pretty that pretty limitless. Yeah. You know. Um, and yeah. I I mean I love I love taking meditation and moving it. Um, I actually find that I'm able to get to I don't know uh, pleasing or appealing states of being mm-hmm. when I'm engaging with movement in my body. Mm-hmm. And so um, when Jess is talking about, you know, these different kinds of intentional, ooh, that's a loud engine, uh, these <laughs> different intentional focuses that can also be, you know, moving related or creational. Yeah. A hundred percent. Drawing, writing, meditative writing is incredible. Yep. Yep. Incredible. So, I mean, there is just... There's, there's so many options. And so if we're taking it to, let's see how these practices intuitively work for me as an Mm -hmm. individual. Um, is it helpful to start maybe gathering information, learning, taking classes, talking to people? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's usually how it works, but I mean, your practices, let's talk about how it's become so intuitive. Yeah. I, you know, I've been doing it for so long at this, at this time and I've, um, incorporated it into so many areas of my life that I can kind of, at this point, wake up in the morning and kind of think, 
not even think. I'm more, I feel like what is it that my body needs today? Mm-hmm. Um, and I say my body because for me, meditation is a hundred thousand percent about my body and actually not about my head mm-hmm. and my brain. Interesting. Um, I, you know, I approach it with curiosity. I think that if that's another like word you take away from this podcast, yeah. curiosity should be one, um, where you just kind of get curious about what it is that your body or your brain is trying, is trying to tell you or is outright just telling you. So, um, what was your original question? <laughs> Shit. I'm a bad podcast guest. So no, no, no. <laughs> I think this is how the flow works, but you know, becoming intuitive with it. And, yeah. and I think that this can actually meld into the whole self inquiry thing, because I think that's one of my, also my other favorite things that, yeah. about, about the way you feel about meditation is cultivating that inner voice listening and really Mm -hmm. trusting that as a compass for everything everything yeah Yeah. amazing yeah so however you want to go yeah and I so you know the for anyone who's starting out meditating I would recommend as you said trying all different types whether you go to a class and you learn from a teacher Mm -hmm. um directly or if you're an introvert like me and you don't really feel like sitting in a class with other people getting zen then um there are thousands of online resources um available to you and just doing your own research about what you think you might like and if you're and if you try something and you genuinely feel like you don't like it like no one's going to sit there and make you do transcendental meditation if you mm-hmm. don't want to do it um there's definitely meditation experiences that I was like mm, mm, not for me not for me yep same and like and, the, and, the, and that doesn't make you a bad person no or a bad meditator or a bad meditator <laughs> like um and and you know one of the things that we work on a lot in the retreats is as you said cultivating this this inner voice this inner compass to listen to your, to ourselves, to our surroundings, to making sure that we are, um, in alignment with kindness Mm. is the word that's coming to mind. So, um, the more you spend time with yourself, the better you get at that stuff Mm. and the better you get at learning, um, what cultivates that within you. So for me, I know that there are times when I need sound as my meditation um, technique. And I will listen to sound, go to sound meditation, sound journeys, and that's what my body needs in order to kind of refocus me. And there are other times when I need absolute quiet. There are times when I have to move. There are times when I can meditate on the subway on my 45-minute commute and feel zen as Mm-hmm. Fuck. Can mm-hmm. I say that on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. This is a Fox or, <laughs> uh, or some other. I don't other... have any advertisers. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Um, so, uh, the, making space to listen to yourself. And, like, what is it that I really want in this moment? What is right for me? And that's self-care, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the deeper you go you will learn to examine why it is that you have those feelings or beliefs or those patterns because sometimes what you think you need is not actually what you need um last night for me being a great example where I uh came off of a really stressful week and my head was like wow dancing would feel great right now and I'd be with my buddy and this would be awesome and then my body was like nah like you you gotta go home and I went home and it was the right decision for me um and that that's practice though yeah absolutely and that was it wasn't easy for me but you learn to make those decisions um and then that allowed me to explore why I felt like I like I should go dance, um, which is a whole bunch of other shit that I won't talk about. What about <laughs> that question that you frequently ask, like, how do you know that yeah. you know? Yeah, that's an SE question too. Um, <laughs> God, SE is great. Um, and but that's another way that you get to know yourself is if you say like I, if someone puts two. Uh, Donuts in front of you. Do you like oh, donuts? Yes. Donuts, yes. What are your two favorite donuts, Tracy Caper? Uh, currently. Current and currently. It would be 
It would be something with coconut flakes on it. Okay. And something with chocolate on it. Great. So if we had a coconut flaked donut on your right and a chocolatey donut on your left, Mm -hmm. I'd ask you to choose, right? Mm -hmm. And which one would you choose right now? Right now it would be chocolate. Chocolate. And how, how do you know that's what you want? Um, well, I'd say it would have been harder for me several years ago to like self-reflect, but currently, um, it would be textural. I know that I would want the texture of the chocolate tea Great. donut. Yeah. Um, it's dark, it's getting dark out. It's like a richer choice. So I suppose, you know, if I was reflecting on that, I could probably think of a couple of reasons. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's but just... sometimes it's just a gut thing and it's, yeah. and it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. But there's this, just this inner yes. There's this yeah. inner confirmation. And I don't, I've learned to not question that because I've had so many experiences where I'm like, for example, with you last night, like where you, you get confirmation, this was mm-hmm. the right, this chocolate donut was the right one. This night in alone was the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, there's just donut decisions. And then there are like <laughs> bigger life decisions. Like, is this the right person for me? Yes. And is this the right job for me? Is this the, am I, am I actually doing the work that I think I need to do right now on Mm -hmm. myself or is there a part of myself that I'm missing? Mm -hmm. Am I hurting somebody else Mm -hmm. and not, and just pretending like I'm not, am I doing all that I can to make this world a better place or am I not? And when we really sit with those questions, um, the longer you sit with stuff like that, the, the more stuff will come up for sure. Um, but one of the great things about meditation is that it gives you, as we said, space. It's almost like a container. It makes your container bigger. Beautiful. That you can hold all of this stuff and explore all of this stuff so that you can be a better person for yourself and for others. That you can embody kindness so that you can, and like really embody it, not just pretend like you're a nice person. Yeah. Well, or, niceness or a good and person. kindness are different, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it allows you to, to reflect. Like if someone says, hey, you're doing this not great thing you can say you can sit with that and say like oh okay I have a big enough container to manage that yes um and when someone says you're doing a great thing you have a big enough container to hold that joy yes and to hold that because if you're not doing both then you're gonna get sucked down into the doldrums where you don't want to be what about discomfort yeah. Is discomfort just a part of it? Yeah. Yeah. If anyone that says that meditation is like 100% always wonderful, they're either lying or <laughs> or they're like using some awesome drug where it's always awesome, right? And that's, you know, yeah. the, and that's a whole other conversation about like why we why we want to go to these states that are outside of this world, but mm-hmm. um, there's going to be discomfort because life has discomfort and in, in, inherently and the more you think about how much discomfort there is in the world, the more you actually realize how much discomfort there is in this world for so many reasons. And um, finding the ability to hold to hold that. Like if you can get through your meditation practice with your knee hurting, right? you'd be surprised what other discomfort you can hold for yourself or for somebody else. And this is what I love because it's such a mirror, a mirror for mm-hmm. life um, because I think discomfort is a huge part of it. But it's something we deeply, deeply avoid. Yeah. Amongst like connections with people, with mm-hmm. ourselves, all of that. And yeah. so I, I think it's just worth mentioning that yeah. discomfort's a part of it as it is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably find patterns, right? So if you notice that when you meditate, your right knee hurts and you've catch yourself every time my right knee hurts, I, I lose my train of my like Mm, like my meditative focus and I'm off thinking about the donut that I'm going to (laughs) eat right and then you catch yourself when I see something in the world that's not right or someone does something that hurts me or maybe I catch myself doing something to hurt somebody else and I didn't realize it and then I just forget about it and I turn on Netflix and I avoid this yeah it's the same thing it's the same thing um and not that we want to focus on discomfort. That's not a, th- you know, we'd never really make it through if we only focused on discomfort, Absolutely. but we have to be able to hold it. Absolutely. Um, 
Otherwise, you can't ever come out the other side. Yeah, and the other side is... 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 Yeah. Is what? Wait, what are you going to say? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say a word, but, like, I just think about... I think about, in my own life, the things that have been really uncomfortable and what, what they've yielded for me mm-hmm. in fulfillment and yeah. growth. Yeah. All that stuff. I mean, you think about anything when our bodies are growing, it's uncomfortable. We go through puberty, blah, blah, blah. Think of what you gain through the discomfort. It's the same. It's just all this so connected. It's the same, yeah. So connected. A great analogy I heard was it's like cleaning out a refrigerator Mm. where, like, if you leave a whole bunch of crap in your refrigerator and you never clean it out, it's going to be gross. And you can put (laughs) new, and you can, like, put good new food in the refrigerator. Like but right it's gonna in the front. right in the front. You're like you know, you're like cherries or your donut or your peaches or like whatever fun thing looks good in the front of your refrigerator. But then it's gonna start smelling like the bad stuff in the back. So you gotta like I you got you that. have to clean out your refrigerator, guys. Like you gotta to, clean it. You have to clean it. Some I I love to credit the person, but I can't remember. So if that's you. I don't think that was me, but um, I've heard a lot of refrigerator analogies because it, it, it is. Yeah. Like, we are kind of a storage device, you know? Yeah. Our bodies yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So let's get into sort of the final section, which is some exercises, right? We Self-exploration is... It's nice to have a little structure for that, at mm-hmm. least as we're getting started. And as you're finding what your meditation practice becomes, um, and I know that you gave us a few getting started, but how about a little bit of some long-term explorations? Not what you'd sit down with for five minutes, but some things to explore over time. Ooh. Is that, is that a difficult question for us to go into? Well, only difficult because What's I think it's... about long-term? Yeah. Well, I think because it's so different for every person. So right, like, true. so like what I explore long-term is going to be different than what you explore long-term. But I think the concept is important to talk about that. There's going to be stuff long-term, like just like you're never going to get your meditative certificate. Like you're never going to be done exploring, Mm-mm. you know, um, our board, the conditioning that we have in our brains and in our bodies to act in certain ways and be in certain ways is so is so vast and we don't know it like I'll just you know we don't know it any of it really we know the the tip of the iceberg I think um and it's we get into dangerous territory when we think that we know it all and Mm. so the benefits long term is continued growth you know I don't think anybody wants to stop growing um I hope I would hope not, especially if you're listening to this podcast. I'm pretty sure you want to keep growing. Because <laughs> um, what's the alternative, right? Yeah, the alternative is is death, really. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're looking for a long to to develop eventually a long term meditation practice, start by as we said exploring different ones. And if you're and if you find one that you're like, hey, well, this wasn't like, if they all sucked, you find mm-hmm. the one that sucked the least, mm-hmm. and you try it again. And you try it again, and you try it again. Um, and if it still sucks, then you try something else, and then you're like, oh, well, maybe so this wasn't as bad as the first time that I tried it. Because, again, it's also um, kind of state-dependent. If you're, if you're in a shitty mood and you're doing your very first meditation, you're probably not going to like whatever it is that you did because the shitty mood that you were in is going to be amplified. Absolutely. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Absolutely. Well, maybe. Or you're going to have this lovely uh, relaxation experience. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the other thing is, I think as we bounce off of other people, mm-hmm. it's continue to give yourself. Per- I, I just think of continue to give yourself permission to find what's right for you. Yeah, I think we can get as we're learning, absorbing. Um, we can get pretty one track minded over mm-hmm. what something one person specifically said that we respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important that we keep kind of checking in with that. I, yeah, because I think we can get fantastic advice from fantastic resources and then those can also be inhibitors of yeah yeah and there's always you know people that are like well I meditate better than you meditate and so (laughs) therefore my way is right and your way is wrong um I haven't met those people (laughs) I've met those people and they're and they're 
everybody's got their own thing, so I'm not going to say that, Sure. you know, and there are really, um, you know, meditation is a practice that that has been around forever, Mm -hmm. at least to my, in my belief, it's been around forever, and... Do you think it's something we naturally do? Do you think as being a human being, it's a, a part of that? Just I do. Part of it. I do. I do. And I think though that our you know our modern, particularly Western culture, has bucked so hard against that because well, this is a whole other topic. I'll just say that I think that our our system does not like people following their inner voice. No. And no, I mean, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- so that's not safe, is it? No, no. And that doesn't keep things in the or way. I also don't like rewarding unimpressive, like meditation isn't necessarily something that you no. scroll on Instagram no. um, and be like, hell yeah, that that's, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a harder thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's there are, thing. yeah. And you know, just to say there are retreats that you can go on also, and there are apps that you can get that will give you, um, like headspace. And headspace I, was phenomenal for yeah, me for a little while. Yeah. And I, you know, I'll say I still use headspace. Yeah. Um, because I, I like his voice. He has a great voice. <laughs> but I also often, you know, I'll just, it's, it's a, ti- I use it as a timer now. Like I'll set, you know, half an hour unguided, hour unguided, 20 minutes, five minutes unguided. Like and I just have it because you get into a practice and you get into a, a habit, something that feels good. Um, and he, you know, but he gives you like little points, little stickers for like how often you meditate. And like, that's great. That works if, especially as you're starting out because you, you might need like a little reward. Um, yeah, because we're all motivated in different yeah, ways. Some people yeah. really get boosted from those little stickers. Right. Right. But it's not, um, <laughs> and the, the more you the, the longer you go, the more you will find that it's not, it's definitely not about that. And if you get stuck on that, then, then you're moving in a more of a dangerous direction, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, so. Fantastic. Um, do you like meditating more in the morning? I Afternoon, do. In stressful oh. times? Oh yeah. I have options. Here. Oh, options. Okay. Or evening. And Why? It depends on how I feel that day. Like there are times when I wake up first thing in the morning and I, I'm like, wow, I really want to meditate now. And I have lovely, you know, lovely amounts of time in the morning sometimes. And I'm able to, to, to have that luxury and to do that. Other times I get home from a really rough day or I've had a really great day and I'm like, wow, I'd love to sit and just be in this moment. And so I can meditate in the evening. Um, there are times when due to being a busy New Yorker, I have to meditate at night when I, when it's really hard. Mm. Um, I don't like meditating necessarily in the middle of the day for me, but that's just my own personal preference. Um, do you think there is value in a regular time slot or do you think just waiting until you're motivated, even if that's more random is just as beneficial? Do you have an opinion on that? Um, I think you know, everyone's different. I do think finding a, a time slot is helpful when you're starting out mm-hmm. because you really want to get into a habit and a practice. Um, so for a long time, my morning ritual was meditation, coffee. and Coffee uh, came after? Uh, coffee, uh, usually, actually. Maybe I'd have like a couple sips and then I would meditate and then I would have my like lovely cup of coffee waiting mm. for me. Um, and then, you know, some, some, some card readings or... Uh, movement. Um, and so you, it's nice to, to, to develop that practice. Um, yeah, let's, so, so I think that's useful as coming out of meditation because it's obviously, it does shift your energy. I mm-hmm. know it shifts my energy. I, I yeah. in really, really beneficial ways. Yeah. Practices that you like to do after meditation or do mm-hmm. you pounce right back into your life? Yeah, I think it. You know, again, it de- it depends where I am. If I'm on the subway, that's it. That's it. Um, Time is not your own. Yeah, but <laughs> um, if I'm in my house and um, I often will pair it with card pulls because I find that I'm in a nice, a and nice let me state. Just, um, give people context. What she means by card pulls is usually a oracle or a tarot deck that is a self reflection tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
uh, or journal journaling. Um, I did that for quite a long time as well. Uh, cause you've, you know, you open up this lovely space where you can kind of just explore what's been happening in your brain or you create just a really lovely, um, being and whatever comes out of that. Um, I love to write. So writing was always a really wonderful thing that followed it for me. Um, one of our very close friends is an artist and I imagine after she meditates, she loves to draw. Yeah, she does. So, yeah. Um, I think it really... I think eating could also be pretty dope after. Yeah. Um, Nourishing. Yeah. Um, I mean, moving and yoga is also, you know, also really great after you, if, if you've been doing a sitting meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Great. That's so great. So let's give them a couple of exercises to take home. Some of your favorite things. Some and, of your favorite things. Um, before we do that to finish, I want to ask you a question about if you'd be willing to share some very memorable states that came from your meditation practice. Yeah. Because, you know, there's the meditation that Mm -hmm. we, that we, there's, you know, just like dance, there's the experience that's the experience. And then there's ones that actually become landmarks for you. Yeah. So I think I have a couple. One is, um, I was in a group and one of my very close friends was was leading a meditation. This is when I first started and I was in graduate school. And I remember the, getting to a state where I could not feel my arms. And I, and I felt like my arms were floating off of my chair. <laughs> um, and I remember that just as a, as a, as a point of reference. Um, there was another time fairly recently, this was a couple years ago, I was in Barcelona. And I was, uh, I had the, I lucked out and got a room that had a deck. And it was like this beautiful colors. And I was out there and I was meditating and I distinctly had the feeling that I was one with everything that was going on around me. And that was the sound of the cars, the sound of the people, the sound of the the breeze, um, the feeling of what I was sitting on. And I was elated. It produced this this complete elation that lasted for the rest of the day. that's awesome. Yeah, and then other times when I have, um, I was in a sound meditation not that long ago, and my body felt, I don't think I've ever felt so relaxed after a meditation. Um, and so, you know, it produces all these all these states, and none of them are right or wrong mm-hmm. or more meditative Um and that, you know, that's why I think it's going back to the, your, one of your first questions about what the definition is like adding maybe, so it's a, you know, it's kind of like a technique that you do and then there's a state that is created, um, that is your way of being for that, for that time. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Let's give them one to take home to try tonight. One to take home to try mm-hmm. tonight. Um, so as you are falling asleep mm. and laying in your bed, because we all do that, um, to this is a this is a body scan to feel your body sinking into the mattress, bit by bit. So starting at your feet and your heels and feeling them. Uh, first, just kind of noticing what you feel with them. Notice what you notice. My favorite question, and then allowing them to sink into the mattress. And then that goes up to your ankles and your calves, your knees, thighs, hips. I'm going faster than you would for yourself, mm-hmm. but I would um, encourage you guys to try that and see what happens. Um, it makes me think that it could be really beautiful to almost do the contrast in the morning. Yeah. Can you imagine yep. another scan where you, where you feel the energy? Mm-hmm. Or the lightness, or whatever word mm-hmm. of each part. Yep, that could be really cool. I might have to try that tomorrow morning. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so um, let's plug where you're gonna be, how people can find you. Um, so, <laughs> which is which is 
I'm elusive. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, but I'm accessible, I promise. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we've got our FYF um, Hudson Valley retreat coming up in August. Um, so that's going to be August 30th through September 4th over Labor Day weekend. I will be there every day, all the time. Um, we do we, have um, three spots left, just to yeah. preface that. Yeah. There is space, yeah. a couple spots. Yeah. Um, so come join us. It's awesome. Really wonderful time. Um, we are very excited that we've sold out our, our newest retreat in Sedona. So if you're coming to that, I'll see you there. <laughs> if you're not coming to that, don't worry. <laughs> there will be more. There will be more. There will be more. Um, I am on Instagram. Um, I wasn't for a really long time. <laughs> and I haven't posted in like a month, but it's fine. I am there. I do check it. So, um, And you have great posts, too. I oh, love thanks, them. Thanks. I love them. They kind of blend her personal life with wisdom and they're great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, um, my, what do they call it? Your handle? God, I feel like yeah, an old, sure. I feel like an old person. No, that's okay. You just My username. Yourself. It's fine. Um, they call me Miss J, <laughs> but you can find me like on the, on the FYF page, um, in some tags and, um, Yeah, we repost your stuff a lot. Yeah. So, um, I'm around or you can email me. You can always like reach out to Tracy and if you're really curious, get my email from Tracy. I'm open to that. I live in New York, so if you're in New York, happy to chat more. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for yeah. your time. I feel like um, we went in lots of different directions that were all really, really interesting for me personally. So maybe you guys got something out of this. Um, please let us know. You can comment wherever you are. You might be on iTunes. It would be awesome if you left a review. If you're on our website, you can always comment, Instagram, comment, all the things. Um, because obviously... Uh, we're doing this to create a dialogue. Yeah. So, uh, Very we curious. appreciate your attention and your focus and wish you luck on your journey. And if this includes meditation, hell yeah. Woohoo. Give yourself a sticker and a donut. Yeah, a chocolate one, though, not a coconut <laughs> not one. Not the coconut. <laughs> All right, you guys, have a happy summer or winter if you're, you know, below the equator. And I'll talk to you soon. Say bye, bye Jazz. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to the Finding Your Freestyle podcast. To learn more about Finding Your Freestyle, visit our website at www.findingyourfreestyle.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook under Finding Your Freestyle.